We are live for the 111th episode of the Bronx Bomber Babble podcast, sponsored by Six Pack Coverage. Tonight, Andrew, G, and welcome back to the podcast, Nick. What's going on, gentlemen? How's it going, guys? What's up? So, we're here Tuesday night, March 22nd. Arbitration figures were exchanged earlier today. We're about a week into spring training games. Seems like the free agency frenzy is about wrapped up. The Yankees, not so much. Um, guys, we had high expectations for what we thought was going to come of this this offseason. Obviously, the Yankees can't go out and buy everyone. Uh, they could have swung some big trades they didn't. Um, what do we feel about the state of the roster and the moves we made and <laughs> how we stack up in the AL East right now? Definitely not feeling great. I mean, when we're going into opening day with probably Kyle Higashioka as the starting catcher, um, I'm not feeling too confident, especially with the chances in the AL East. Uh, Blue Jays are looking really good. I mean, Red Sox got story. So not feeling too great with the way things currently stand. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Not great. It's weird. Because, like, I feel like the Yankees got better, but also every other team in the division got better. So, like, the Yankees defense last year for, like, most of the year was just horrible. And it got better when Rizzo and Gallo and, you know, like, it. it but, you know, they made moves so far this offseason with defense in mind. And the frustrating thing about that is that they could have made the move and gotten Carlos Correa with defensive in mind, and they didn't. And yeah, I think the most frustrating part about that was they helped the Twins get Correa by taking on the Donaldson contract. I think that's yeah. like the most frustrating part about it. It's going to be hard to ever ever know if that was the Twins' plan and they just needed someone, some sucker to take his money off their books um, so that they could put it to a guy like Correa. Now, personally, I kind of thought that they were in more on Trevor Story. And when Correa's market kind of just collapsed underneath him, they backed into that deal, which looked power to them for being willing to spend X number of dollars. Maybe that wasn't their target and they got him. But it's very frustrating that we took the money that they didn't want to spend off their books. And ultimately, is it a, is it a third base upgrade for us? Yes, Donaldson is is a better defensive player than, than Gio even at his age, provided he stays healthy. He's certainly a better hitter. Uh, he gives them a little edge in the clubhouse because they say he kind of rubs people the wrong way sometimes. And he's been in a couple different clubhouses and say what you want about the culture and the clubhouse and, and everything. But we haven't won shit in 12 years. So I don't really care if he rubs people the wrong way. If he gives that edge, that's okay. But it is frustrating that we kind of paved the way for a team like them to get Carlos Correa, the number one free agent on the market this year. But what, what do we think about that contract? Three years opt-outs after each of the first two years. So it could just be a one-year deal. Uh, he did net the, the highest average annual salary, I believe, of uh, any position player uh, to this point. So like, what, what do we think? Yeah, I think, I think the opt-outs was probably a, a big part of that deal. But, I mean, also that money he's making over 30, 30 a year, and he's got the opt-outs after every single year. Um, but they're also, they're looking to be a pretty good team now. Added Geo, added Gary. So they, they've got some like hit or miss bats that if they do hit, will look really, really good in that lineup. Yeah, I don't know. I feel weird. I just feel weird about it. 
Like I like I said, I think the Yankees are better, but I think it's it's not that they don't want to spend the money, right? I mean they 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 raise their payroll pretty significantly, so it's not about they're not spending money; they're spending money. It's just that you know you could make an you know make an argument or dispute what exactly they're spending the money on. But like it's you know I think it was more just like a hey we weren't fully sold you know why you wouldn't be sold on Carlos Correa I have no idea but like you know if it was you know Trevor Story signed a six year deal if he signed a two year deal or a one year deal with an opt out or whatever and the Yankees didn't go for him then I'd be really mad but it's like yeah I, I signed Trevor with you Story there. to a six year deal like no the Yankees were never going to sign Trevor Story to a six year deal I, I agree I'd be more mad if if Story took a short deal too. Uh, I think the Yankees are certainly leery of a lot of mega long-term contracts on their books. Like Garrett Cole, we still have seven more seasons of. John Carlos Stanton, we still have six or seven more seasons of. Uh, Aaron Judge is looking for an extension we'll get to later in the show tonight. Who knows what the length of that could be. But you don't want to be paying four guys for the next three quarters of a decade a combined $120 million. I get that the Yankees, I get that they have some level of financial might for that. And certainly, as we put the pandemic of 2020 further and further in the rearview mirror, the revenue issue will come back uh, and everything everything should should settle down for them. And they should be able to spend more. But I, I do understand that. But I think that's what makes the, the Correa deal very frustrating and that they could have gotten an elite guy who provides upgrades both offensively and defensively for a short-term deal. And, and you talk about cheating. Like, they didn't want a guy who was on the 2017 Astros. And they went on, they, they signed... Marwin Gonzalez to a minor league deal, who not only played in the Astros, he also then went to the Red Sox. Like, so the clubhouse culture and him rubbing people the wrong way is for sure not an issue. Yeah, and I was even going to say, like, that's the exact type of deal that the Yankees, at least in pretty recent past, have been, like, looking for, where, like, the guys like um, Bryce Harper, they say they, they offered him shorter-term deals with high annual value, but those guys were looking for 10, 11-year deals deals which they ended up getting but this is the exact type of deal that the Yankees have been looking for in recent past where it's a short-term deal high annual value like you can opt out first year second year so there's there's all those options and it's a short-term deal so that's the exact type of deal that the Yankees have been looking for and they just didn't even like they didn't even really negotiate with him I think the issue with with that is that they had already made the move to bring in Isaiah Connor Falefa, so the short yeah, and, void well, was already. And even that's of. what um, I think it was Luigi was saying it on our last episode. I wasn't on it, but I listened to it when you guys dropped. But um, I think it was Luigi saying that like those got story Correa hadn't even been signed yet, and that was what was kind of pissing him off about the deal at the time was that it seemed like a week before the season starts. Like, we need to make this move because it's our only chance where Correa was still out there, Story's still out there. Like, they had the options, and they kind of decided to go with this deal, the the trade, instead of trying to make a move on, like, a Story or a Correa. Yeah, and so, look, now all the eggs are in the basket of Anthony Volpe and uh, Oswald Peraza. So, like, those two kids, at least one of the two of them, better hit. Now, I get we have Roderick Arias. Yeah, uh, just signed this past year, but he's like six years away. He was maybe not that many, but he's I think he's eighteen, so he's at least four years away. Um, yeah, they, they better be. Man, I think you were better be about that the other day, where 
that's so much pressure on those those kids because you really are putting all those eggs in that basket next year, two years from now, three years from now, and that's People so much pressure when they finally if, do if come they up. Suck, yeah, if they come up and they're bad, they'll always be the guys who block the Yankees signing a guy like. Oh, Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, Trevor Story, Carlos Correa. They could have gotten any of those guys, but they were so sure that these kids who were going to play middle infield roles were, were going to be hits. I, I, I was just going to say, I forget who brought it up in our group chat, but it, even like um, Holmes last year when we got him and everybody didn't like him because he was traded for Park. And like, but he, Clay Holmes ended up coming in. He was a really, really good pitcher. So it didn't it didn't end up turning out that way. But like, Literally, these fans who just hate a guy because he gets dealt for somebody that they like or they don't bring in a guy that they like because they're waiting for these guys. So, like, that's the type of move where, like, it's putting all that pressure on these guys and they need to perform. And that might just make it less likely that they do. Like, it might just be the pressures of New York. Mm. Well, I mean, I have to say, you know, while we get too carried away, fans generally are entirely unreasonable. Um, I mean, that's that's the name of the game, baby. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that is like, but I'm just saying, you know, if I had to power rank, I guess, you know, if you had to power rank the list of moves the Yankees did or didn't make that you're mad about, I think Correa is probably number one because it was short term. It was, you know, he's fills a need. He's just as good defensively, right? Connor Falefa is great defensively. Like um, the other ones, I just didn't have tremendously high expectations for, right? Like Matt Olson is 27 years old. He's a stud. He would have probably hit like 45 home runs a year in Yankee Stadium. And the A's gave up, or the, um, the Braves gave up two, uh, four of their top 14 prospects. Like the Yankees are just never going to do that. They just weren't. Yeah, that's where that deal wasn't going to happen. They just were not going to do that. So, like. That, that's what you do for, for a finishing piece. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. like, we it's, were... it's weird. It's it just weird, right? I feel like I'm in a weird place. I think the Yankees are better, and I feel like they could have been much better, but I also just didn't have high expectations that they would do that at this point. Like, yeah, they I, might I think the, at some the point. best way to describe this is that like, we're, not, we're not mad, we're disappointed. I know that's, like, such a right, cliche like, line, but, like, that's really you, how hey, I feel about this team. You're full, but you're not satisfied. Like, Yeah, I, like you said, they definitely got better from last year. We talked about it a couple episodes ago that they, they simply cannot run it back to the same team that only made a wild card on the road last year and lost. Like, you can't just bring back the same roster. They're like, well, we're just going to win the World Series this year with the same group of guys. And to an extent, they are still doing that somewhat because they didn't go out and get a marquee name. Uh, but they did make some changes. They put an emphasis on defense, which I'm okay with, as long as Dylan Lawson can come in and fix the Marcus Tim's broken offense from last year. Look, if the offense comes around, they play better defense, they stay healthy enough, and they pitch well, Garrett Cole learns how to pitch without spider tack. Yeah, this team could be good and win around 90 games. I don't think they're going to blow anyone's doors off. I don't think they, they're going to win the division. I certainly don't think that they're going to win the World Series as is. Now, certainly they can make additions throughout the year, and maybe that changes. But it, it's a very weird spot to be, where the past few years we've had championship or bust mentality. And right now, I think we're all going into the air just kind of lukewarm. Like, we're, we're not we're, – we're, we're, we don't think we're going to suck, but we don't know if we're going to be good enough to – make much noise and that that's a really shitty right. spot to be in it seems weird 
to be like, you know, oh, what's Aaron Hicks going to do, right? You know, like, is Kyle Higashioka really going to be the starting catcher? Is, you know, whoever, like, the Yankees' payroll is like $255 million. Like, it's crazy high. It's higher than it's ever been. Cashman made sure to note that. Like, it's wonderful. I'm glad they spent more money. It's just, you know, it's who they spent the money on. Um, it's just a weird place to be in for a team that's the most expensive team they've ever fielded to be like, well, I don't know. There's still a lot of questions. Like, for that amount of money, there shouldn't be that many questions. But at the same time, I do think they're going to be good. I think the defense is going to be really good, and I think that's going to help them win a lot more games that we otherwise wanted to put our heads through a plate glass window watching last year. Yeah, and, and the defense was definitely a, a huge problem last year. But honestly, like I think the offense was equally as frustrating, and that's where kind of the moves that we made this offseason. I mean, I guess more athletic with IKF and, like, but I don't know. I feel like the offense is going to be very frustrating this year, just like it was last year. We're going to have to watch Joey Gallo every day. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's still going to be pretty equally as frustrating as last year, which I feel like was one of the more frustrating Yankee seasons I've watched in a long time. It's it's going to be really strange, too. You think about some, some of the names that are no longer in the building. You guys obviously mentioned Gary and Gio in the trade for Donaldson and uh, Isaiah kind of fell up, but Tyler Wade's gone. He he provided some energy. Wasn't necessarily that great, but he was maybe a spark plug every once in a while. Clint Frazier was super exciting when he played well, which wasn't very often. Yeah, it was still fun mm-hmm. when he was there. At the moment, Gardner still around, but he's always hurt. And I don't know if we mentioned in our last podcast he was like robbed at gunpoint in the Dominican Republic a week or so ago. They say he's fine now, but like I, I don't know if there's gonna be any lingering issues from that. Uh, there there are some guys who are going to be on the outskirts of the roster this year uh, who we aren't accustomed to seeing, right? It's like guys like Ben Wortvet, who we got to be the backup catcher. Uh, and they, they let's talk about that real quick. They knew he had an oblique injury when they traded for him. So they better be right that he's a really good defensive catcher and that they can unlock something in him offensively because if they went out and – <laughs> traded away. Gary was frustrating, but he was a short thing, right? You know, he was going to make some errors behind the plate. You know, he was going to, I don't know, probably hit like 185, but he was going to pop 20 home runs, and you you kind of live with that. Now you got two glove first catchers who neither of them can hit. <laughs> like, they, there better be something there. All I'm saying is with those chest muscles, Ben Rorvit better be able to reach 314 in right field. Well, I mean, he does have a relationship, right? The Yankees catching coordinator, Tanner Swanson, right? I mean, he's... That's that part of, yeah, Swanson vouched for him, and I think Rortbett was the first guy who adopted his one-knee-on-the-ground stance. That's I, If you think that that didn't play a role in the Yankees acquiring him, I think you're a little ignorant, but for sure. And, I mean, like, catcher in general as a position across baseball is kind of drying up. Um. You know, who knows? The Yankees have Austin Wells in the pipeline. Like, maybe he's really good in a couple of years, and that would be ideal uh, to have the next, like, you know, one of the next, their top prospects come through and just be the catcher for 10 years. Didn't happen with Gary, unfortunately. Poor one out. But, like, um, RIP. You know, yeah, I mean, I, I still feel, I feel some type of way about that still. But, like, clearly it wasn't working, right? If you're going to be as bad as... And Gary tried really hard, but if you're going to be as bad as he was defensively, you have to be really good offensively. So I think it's fine. And uh, honestly, Yankees pitchers, 
can throw breaking balls now and not worry about them going to the backstop. So um, it's 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 going to help. I mean, I think it's definitely going to help. Um, and I think it's more just a you know organizational change and where they are trying to focus more on defense, at least at the catcher spot for the time being. I think it's more just like a the league isn't getting much offense from the catcher, so let's just be really good at defense. Yeah, and I think you brought it up last episode, G, but uh, like the league as a whole, like there's not really many good offensive catchers. So at that point, like focus on the defense. You're not really going to get that much production out of that position offensively anyway. So you might as well just make focus on getting the least negative defensively or even maybe a positive defensively if you can find somebody who's got good pop and got a good arm behind the plate. Yeah, I think the the ideal world is he has some kind of Mitch Garver, oh, look, he learned how to hit type deal. Uh, now, Mitch Garver had that one really good year with the juice ball in 2019. Hasn't really been much of anything since. But if they can unlock something in WordFet, then, yeah, it's a plus. The fact he's a lefty certainly helps balance their lineup a little bit. I think they're going to do a true platoon, which means he may even be playing more than more than Higgy, uh, Higgy will probably face all left-handed pitching and then whatever Cole's pitching. Uh, and that may be it. Uh, we'll have to see how they get through the first month of the year without Rortvet. I really hope it's not Rob Brandley, but um, yeah, guys, let's quickly, let's quickly talk about some of the other moves that the Yankees made since we last had an episode. Obviously they brought back Anthony Rizzo on a two-year deal with an opt-out after one. Bringing in Anthony Rizzo meant that poor Luke Voigt didn't really have a spot on the roster anymore, and he may not have even before they got him, but they traded him to San Diego, who now has the luxury of the, the designated hitter. Uh, they got back low prospect Justin Lang, who they say has a crazy high ceiling, but has a lot of mechanical issues, control issues. We've heard it before. Can hit 100, love guys That's who can throw cool. 103, and they, they, they swear that they can fix them, but I don't know if I would expect anything back from him, at least for a few years, but if they can catch lightning in a bottle with him, then awesome. And Voight didn't really have a place with us to begin with. Yeah, and as as the resident Luke Voight fan at BBB, um, it, this move is what made me the saddest of the offseason. I knew it was coming the entire time, but when, it, when I finally saw the deal, um, it's going to be very sad to see him go. I mean... Nothing. Nothing's gonna beat that. What was it? 2018 season when they traded for him down the stretch, and he just absolutely tore the cover off the baseball. Like that was just so much fun to watch. He was that that big goomba that everybody loves having on the Yankees, like popping the top two buttons on his jersey. So I'm gonna miss him a lot, but I I knew this one was coming. And honestly, like you don't really you weren't expecting to get a ton back from him so uh i don't know getting getting a high upside guy hopefully they could fix him up maybe get some of the mechanical issues out that's a, about as good as you could hope for a return from him i guess look getting 5.4 million that he's supposed to get an arbitration off yeah, the books uh, is, I, I that was much that was the cheapo how <laughs> yeah that was the that was why they did it but i yeah, mean it, that's you just, know it stinks um, um the the idea of Luke Voigt was better than what the Yankees were actually getting from him, and people will automatically um, um, you say, oh, in 2020, the you know the lockout shortened season, 
he um, led the league in home runs. You know, Nick was saying 2018, he was a lot of fun, and it was a lot of fun, but he just did not stay healthy ever. Ever. He did not stay ever. Yeah, uh, ever he, stay even healthy. that season that he led the league <clears throat> in home runs in the shortened season, he, he was nursing that foot injury the entire season. Yeah. Like, like he was he was hitting um, those home runs, but he was gimping around the bases. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've had discussions where people say, oh, it's a mistake. It's like, why? He played 68 games this year. Like, it's just, and he's not he's not at all. He's like a, maybe a, a few months to a year younger than Anthony Rizzo, who has been much more durable. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you have your own trepidation about that move, I guess. It's a one-year deal. It's pretty risk-free. But, like, Anthony Rizzo was looking really good, and then after COVID – he was really bad. So hopefully if there was some lingering effects there, he is better. But otherwise, Rizzo is a mile better defensively. Yeah, and, and one other thing that probably gets, I don't want to say swept under the rug, but definitely looked at a little less with what the Yankees did this offseason. Uh, certainly they made an effort to improve defensively. They made an effort to balance their lineup a little more. So I think uh, – with with a guy like Rizzo in there, with the days that Ben Wardvet plays, Gallo, Hicks, you have half the line is left-handed hitting, and they were very righty-heavy uh, in the past. But the other the point I'm getting to is that they also made a point of cutting down on guys who strike out more than the league average. I think the league average is like 23, 24% strikeout rate, and they had a lot of guys at 25, 26, 27%. Donaldson, I think, is around 20. Kiner Falefa is like 13, if I remember. I don't uh, Rizzo is a little lower than that, like 20 maybe. So they, they're certainly making an effort to strike out less. Uh, and I don't necessarily know that like a weak pop-up, like you don't want to just put the ball in play if it doesn't actually do anything. But especially with the shift going the away next year too, play. like there's a lot of things that putting the ball in play more does. <laughs> you create baseball uh, and striking out was something we did a lot. We still will do a lot, but you talked about how you wanted to put your, head through a plate glass window watching this team, a lot of it was, hey, lead off double, three straight strikeouts. Like, you can't watch that 162 games a year. It'll drive you insane. Yeah, the oh, old staple of the Yankees the last three years of scoring zero runs after starting with bases loaded, no outs. Um, you know, I think, I mean, I think it's positive changes, right? Like, you could argue how much better they are, but I think they are better. It's not maybe the most satisfying Outcome, in fact, is absolutely not the most satisfying outcome, but it's like Donaldson. Um, well, I'll say this Aaron Hicks was on R2C2, and he was saying, you know, they need to have an attitude, right? They need to have that, like, fuck you attitude. And that kind of actually does, um, has been coming up, you know, culture change, right? Judge was saying, like, when you see a guy like Gary Sanchez get traded, it kind of like shakes you up a little bit. Um, Right now, Brett Gardner's not around. You know, who knows if he will be, but, like, um, there's definitely some change going on. Like, they definitely seem to be focused on changing what has been the same group. But I think it's good, right? A little defense. Like, Isaiah Conner-Telefa is not going to hit barely any home runs, but he had 25 doubles, and he had 171 hits, which would have been the most on the Yankees last year. Like, 75% of them are singles, but he does get hits. So, like, you yeah, can with, tell with him, though, whether or not they're finished, the idea that they're trying to change what was what they've been doing the last couple of years, I think, is is common. With IKF, I really don't care so much about his hits as I do about his defense. Um, the stolen bases is nice. Guy's got to walk more. Like, look, if you're racking up 170 plus hits, I think his batting average is like 274 
his on base percentage was under 310 last year. Like, it's good that you put the ball in play, you get some hits. You got you to gotta draw some walks too, though, because you can't just be like a singles or a weak ground out guy the whole year. We saw how many double plays we had last year. Like, we can't we can't do that again. Uh, now, certainly, DJ had a, had a core muscle injury last year, and that killed him. Uh, if he's healthy, maybe he's back to his top five MVP level. Like, who the hell knows? I wouldn't expect that, but it wouldn't surprise me if he, he could elevate back to that again. So there is a lot of upside across the roster. Uh, obviously, Donaldson needs to stay healthy. Severino needs to stay healthy. Aaron Hicks needs to stay healthy. There are question marks. But did we get better? Sure. You did mention, though, G, earlier on that every other team in the division got better, which is funny because Toronto lost the Cy Young and the MVP runner-up. And I would still think that they're, if not better, at least the same. Because they brought in a guy like Gosman. They traded for uh, Matt Chapman. Uh, they brought in what you say Kikuchi too. They they have some 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 starters there. Uh, they're, I think, the favorite to win. I think a lot of Rays fans would argue that they're the favorite just because they have their own ego about them. But that's another story. Uh, yeah. Like for what the Yankees, on, on, on this issue the Yankees, before we move on. Um, I think the Yankees more so. Like you know, I think there's probably still moves to be made. You know, they're not going to be all, all of a sudden we change our mind. We're going to go get you know whoever like. Um, I think there's still moves to be made, bullpen moves, right? Maybe a backup, or maybe they shuffle around some depth pieces. Maybe Brett Gardner comes back, you know, who knows? Um, but I think more, the more I think about it, like when you look at the roster last year, I just think the Yankees' moves were more about raising their floor, which at times was depressingly, horribly low and just awful to watch. It was more about raising the floor, the quality of play, more than it was just like we're going to kick open the ceiling and we're going through the roof because we're signing Correa and getting Olsen and doing all that stuff. Like It was like solidifying and making yourself more expensive. It, it felt like they were really trying to focus on that like defensive aspect and even like the athleticism. I think they were trying to get a little bit more athletic. And even Booney said it the other day. I think it was Sunday during the spring training game. Um, like we saw the double steal, and so they're apparently trying to get more athletic. We'll see if that actually happens during the season where they're actually going to be trying steals and stuff. But um, with Brett Gardner, I saw earlier today, apparently the Blue Jays uh, were offering him a contract, and he's holding off just to see if the Yankees are going to offer him. So I guess that's optimistic that he hasn't gotten offered from the Yankees yet, but... I also do not want to see him. I think somebody said it, but him, see him hit a home run on the Yankees, like walk off probably one of the opening series of the season, but I do not want to see that at all. Well, the thing that happens with Brett Gardner is that no matter how many infielders, outfielders, bench players, whatever, whenever the Yankees sign Brett Gardner, he always winds up playing like 145 games. So. As ridiculous as it's going to sound for me to say this, I would not like to see him go somewhere else. I wouldn't want to see him play like 98% of his career with the Yankees and then one year with the Blue Jays or whoever else. But I also, I just want him to be there. I don't want him to play all that much. I just want him to be there. It hurts. Too, I don't you know, know about a that. Lot of, we, we don't have some high-end outfielders ready to take, I'm not going to say a starting spot, because you have three solidified outfielders in Hicks, Gallo, judge and then you can rotate in Stanton but like look at the the top of our farm system you have a guy like Estevan Florial who in the latest major uh, MLB pipeline rankings tumbled to like 28 or 30 
Like this guy's not remotely considered a top prospect anymore. He's gotten a couple cups of coffee and he just doesn't really have a lot in his bat. So Gardner is unfortunately still a better option than a lot of what we have. Uh, we have Tim LaCastro coming I, off an ACL injury back this year. Uh, that's really it. I go back to what you said with Donaldson, where he kind of like ruffles some guy's feathers in the locker room, like wherever he goes. And I think that's kind of like what this what this locker room needs. Like they don't need to be comfortable. They've been comfortable for the last three, four years. And, and what has that gotten us? Like we haven't even gotten a World Series appearance in that time. So I do think that like little bit of uncomfortable and like ruffle their feathers is what they need. And I think not bringing back Brett Gardner might be that. Like you said, uh, Aaron Judge said trading Gary Sanchez, like that kind of opens everybody's eyes and says, whoa, we we need to perform this year. Like I think maybe not, not bringing back Brett Gardner, not bringing back that like leader that they had and having other people step up in that leadership role i think that would be really good for this team going forward it's a really interesting point it's like it's very very counterintuitive but but i see exactly what you're driving at yeah like i yeah i I don't know these guys especially with the way aaron boone manages like he's a, a take it easy guy like try to keep everybody light try to keep everybody comfortable and i think they need a little bit of discomfort like i think that's really like when you see the the no fire on a August game. I think that's where, I mean, obviously this is very in depth, but like, I feel like some of that is where that comes from, where this team's just like very comfortable and they think, okay, like we could take it easy early in the year. We could take it easy through the dog days. Like we'll, we'll be there by the end. And that's, that's when we'll play our best. And then they don't. So I think a little bit of change is pretty good for the locker room. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said before, the, the Aaron Hicks quote, you know, I think there's a sense among the team, you know, based on sound bites, commonly, I guess, between all of them, that they need to have a bit of a different attitude, that fuck you attitude. Hicks says they want, you know, they want to go out there and just like scare, you know, put a scare into people. We want to be intimidating. Like um, the strength of the Yankees is going to be built around. Aaron Judge and John Carl Stanton offensively. If you can get a thousand at bats out of those two guys again this year, then I think you'll be in great shape. Um, if he bats better than 199 and still hits um, 38 home runs, it'll be great with Joey Gallo full season of that production too. But like, I think you know something like Donaldson, if he plays 130, 140 games, and is that you know asshole right that pain in the ass that ruffling the feathers calling people out going into the locker room and smashing shit like i think that's great i i actually think that's great and you know he's oldish and expensive and whatever else i think he's i i I low-key kind of do really like the move yeah i i agree i think there's been way too much complacency we've talked about in on podcasts over the years uh under the aaron boone regime just like this kumbaya attitude uh oh we're gonna we're about to turn a corner we're ready to turn a corner. We're close to turning a corner. The amount of times he said that phrase, I want to punch my head right through cement. But yeah, I agree. And I think the first time Josh Johnson takes a, a fastball under the chin, starts a brawl, and then like people rally behind him, maybe get that that edge that team needs. I agree. We, the Yankees, and certainly not under Boone because he's just a relaxed guy, but even 
going back to the last few years of Girardi too, I just feel like they haven't had that. Like we hate everyone else and we're going to take it to you every night because we fucking hate you. Like I, I want that. I, I miss that when, when I even like the rivalry games don't just don't seem like they have as much spice anymore. And maybe it's just because we're not bludgeoning people and then we're not taking counter punches from them the next night. But I don't know. It's just, it, it does feel like it's missing something. So it's possible that, Whatever attitude they're fostering in spring training, the additions they made, they're really trying to change the culture, go forward. And look, a lot of the guys have been here since 2018, 2017 even. Uh, I think they're just sick and tired of losing, right? They've been so close a couple times. They've been less close a few other times. Uh, I think Aaron Judge talks about he stands out in right field. There's a great quote. He takes shots like Tampa and whoever. It's like, oh, they don't hang banners for division championships. They don't hang banners for... For pennants, they hang banners for World Series wins, and there hasn't been one that went up since I've been sending out in right field every night, and that that makes me mad. So like, I want them to have that edge, that fire. Um, I think in terms of like attitude and whatnot, um, the, I'll be interested just to see the way they construct our lineup. Um, right, if if he's playing well, I mean, I think it's, it's, I don't know how, how DJ is going to get on the field every day. If you're going to put Glaber Torres at second base, I DJ pretty objectively is a better second baseman, but like it is what it is. Um, you know, DJ, if he's going to bat 300 or three, whatever, and not 260, then he's the best leadoff hitter. Right. But I think after that, like, I'll just be interested to see because they do have a lot better options. Uh, lefty, righty, um, you know, you got Gallo, you got Rizzo, you know, Roadfed as a lefty, he'll bat at the bottom of the lineup. Um, you know, you have the Connor Falefas of the world, like you have options, you have more versatility, whereas it was just like, you know, a bunch of right-handed striking out powerful guys like last year. Um, I'll just be interested to see how they construct the lineup because um, they have a lot more options there this year and um, they – it's it's like again low key right maybe maybe a little bit low key it could be a pretty deep lineup right we make so much of Josh Donaldson acquisition you know you can make a case that he's going to bat like sixth he's going to make a lot of money but he could bat sixth right less pressure on Josh Donaldson as a 36 year old um, if he's not batting fourth right he was the man on the Twins he doesn't have to be the man on the Yankees because he might have Gallo and Rizzo and you know, Judge and Stanton and whoever else on top of him, right? You don't need to put him up there. And I just think uh, I'll just be interested to see how they how they go with that once the spring training games start to mean a little bit more. Yeah, and I think that that's a, a good a good topic for for our next pod right before the season starts. We'll, we'll kind of get into that, but let's quickly uh, change gears, pivot here. Uh, arbitration figures were exchanged today. Uh, obviously, everyone knows the rules of that. Uh, once you're either in your second or third year of, of team control, you're able to negotiate your own salary and it kind of scales up where over over years you, you make more and more. Uh, so all teams and players needed to submit their their figures to the league office today at 1 p.m. It was kind of weird because a lot of teams were playing right around 1 p.m. So we're not, we're just getting the numbers now. Uh, the Yankees have officially agreed to terms with all players except for one. Uh, the one being Aaron Judge, which we'll get to in a little bit. They just released the numbers where Judge is at and where the Yankees are at. Um, they're still obviously trying for a, a long-term extension there. So uh, let's quickly just rip off the the contracts that 
have been publicly announced. Some of them were just told that they settled. Um, so that's fine. Uh, Kay Higgy, $935,000. Wandi Peralta, $2.15 million. IKF, $4.7 million. Gleyber Torres, $6.25 million. Joey Gallo, $10.275 million. Clay Holmes, $1.1 million. Jordan Montgomery came in at six, and everyone else, uh, Chad Green, uh, Jonathan Lysaga, Jameson Tyone, those figures were not released as of yet. Oh, and Miguel Andujar, sorry. Um, so for Aaron Judge, Judge wanted to be paid $21 million this year, which is what Trey Turner just got, so I think that's a, that's a fair number. The Yankees filed at 17. Uh, now, the hearings are, I would think, in like a week. It has to happen before the season starts, but if they don't figure out uh, a long-term extension, there's one of two ways this goes. You have an ugly team versus player, Yankees versus Della Batances type thing that we saw a couple years ago where they they haggle over the $4 million and someone's going to win, someone's going to lose, and both sides are going to be left butthurt out of it. Um, or they'll just say, fuck it, meet in the middle, pay Judge 19 or $20 million and then call it a day. Uh, so that's where we're at for arbitration gentlemen take it away i mean i was just interested in in wandy making uh 2.15 i don't know what he was making last year but i didn't think it was a lot so that seems like a big number but yeah like you said g all those numbers are pretty inconsequential other than the aaron judge number and the yellow figure is pretty big but but nothing really deviated that far from the mlb trade rumors projections I don't have those in front of me, but usually they're they're pretty close. Like I remember seeing that uh, the projection of Guerrero was year, like right? eight million, and he got seven point nine. So the projections are almost spot on. So uh, uh, Gallo's going to be a free agent next year or after this year, right? Correct. The the Yankees yeah, in the last year of arbitration, arbitration this year are Judge Gallo, Tyone, Chad Green, and I think that's it. Um, just I think everyone record, else has more than one year of control left. Um, Wandy Peralta made $1.8 million last year, so nice little modest raise. Yeah, good for him. Um, uh, that's a lot more than I was expecting because he was uh, dealt for – was was Estrada making that much? I didn't think so. Like I, That just felt like during – at the time when, he, when they made that move, that felt like it was a – we're going to get a reliever and we're going to maybe cut some salary, get somebody oh, cheap. No, Tyra was for sure but, still I mean, just the team control years. There's no way he was making that much. Yeah, money. that's what I thought. And also, no, no they got Peralta for Mike Talkman, who was in just. Oh, that sorry, one was Talkman. He was very bad. Like, he just was bad. So, yeah. um, I. No, and Wandy okay was really that. good last year. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, that's that's the thing. I was just interested. I um, felt like that was a big number. But it's not too too big of an increase. No, I mean, like Holmes and Peralta were great gets by Cashman last year, so that's that's definitely good. And hopefully, he can find someone somewhere um, like that again. Maybe this kid Justin Lang is like that before too long. Um, but I don't know. It's just weird. Like the like I said it before, I'm in a weird place. I feel like they're still some stuff to be done with the roster like obviously the core of it is what it is but like i feel like there's stuff because of the nature of the offseason right you're compressing four or five or six weeks of spring training into four three and a half weeks and um 
all the whole off season worth of moves into that time as well. Like, um, I don't know. You see what happens, right? There's people that are unsigned. Like, I, you know, the Yankees are always going to be down to make moves at the deadline, but I feel like there's still potential for roster shuffling before opening day, even though it's like two weeks away. Yeah, almost a week away, I think. Next Thursday. No, it's April seventh. No, weeks. it's yeah, it's two weeks from two weeks. Oh, from is tomorrow. it? Oh, I think I was looking at the wrong one then. <laughs> the I All think right. the original opening day was supposed to be. Oh, March that's 21st. probably what I saw. Also, yeah, um, speaking of the opinion that opening day in March is stupid. great research uh, by me. On. Yeah, did you guys see how they they redid the schedule? Uh, remember they said the the six games that were originally canceled, and then when they agreed to the CBA, when they did, they said we're going to still be able to play 162 games. Did you see how they kind of jury rigged the, uh, <laughs> the the schedule this year? So the opening series for the Yankees was supposed to play at Globe Life Field against the Rangers is now the last series of of the season. Four games spanning from October 3rd through October 5th. So there's a game on the 3rd, a doubleheader on the 4th, and a game on the 5th. Uh, the Astros series, which immediately followed that one, is even weirder. They play on like one random off day in the beginning of July, uh, the last day of June. They play at Minute Maid one day. Uh, then the Yankees go to Cleveland. Then they go to Pittsburgh. Then they go to Boston. And then they come home for a few series. And then they play the Astros again at Minute Maid right after the All-Star break. So that three-game series is now split into one and then two, but they're three weeks apart. Uh, and I would assume most other teams have similar breakouts. Remember, they just said hey, we're going to force in with some doubleheaders. Uh, we'll, we'll fit them in on off days. But, like, that's that's where we're at this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's never going to be, like, a perfect scenario, especially because, you know, some guys had – some teams had six games, some teams had seven games, like – uh, canceled and I don't know. It was always gonna be messy, but like you know, Rob Manfred. So what are you gonna do? Couldn't That's, go I know. It's shot, cliche. Man. No, I had to do it. I had to do it. It's, <laughs> it's not all his fault, but I had to do it. Got to keep people accountable. I mean, it's at least somewhat his fault. There's at least a sliver. Well, look, let, let's be honest. There's no way they could have played opening day where they did when they agreed to the CBA when they did. Like Jordan Montgomery couldn't get out of two separate innings today in spring training. I threw, I think he threw like 45 to 50 pitches. Um, he's not ready to take the the mound in a major league game, regular season game, in like 10 days. So they had to delay the season. Uh, counterpoint: Max Scherzer threw five innings the other day. So. Oh, so 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 you're saying Montgomery just sucks? I'm just saying. I'm just yeah, saying. Well, I won't, won't stand in your way there, but. I mean, I mean, he's no Max Scherzer. He could be – well, yes, that's objectively true. Um, he's definitely not Max Scherzer. He could be more ready is all I'm saying. He could be. That that but, could just be – that could be the psycho in Scherzer, though. Yeah, you can chalk a lot of stuff up to that. I'm just saying, like, you know, I think opening day in March is stupid, but that's just my opinion. I'm just saying that he could One be more day, ready. come on. No, how do I know? How do I know in terms of, like – organizational philosophy ramping up and anything else that goes on there. I'm just saying it's, 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 it's possible that he could be further along. All right. Well guys, anything else before we close up tonight? All I got to say is RIP Luke Voigt, RIP Gary, RIP Gio. You will be missed.
They will judge. indeed be missed. Extend Aaron Judge. Extend Aaron Judge. Extend Aaron Judge. No, actually, no. No, no, no. Let's, I'm actually here for the Yankees having some protracted, bitter arbitration hearing and then thinking that they could resign him for a whole year afterwards because it worked out great the last time. So let's do that again. Uh, please no. Uh, I, don't, I don't know who the Yankees are as an identity, as a team, uh, as anything that any of us root for without Aaron Judge, especially if it ends on a really bitter note. So uh, let's just hope it doesn't get to that. Uh, and I was kidding, Bill. To yeah, the listening obviously. universe, I was kidding. I don't want to leave that juju out there. No, no, you're good. Uh, it's a good place to to call it a, a night. We'll be back with you guys hopefully in, in about a week. Uh, we should have some more information on the Aaron Judge arbitration situation, if there's an extension in play there. Uh, God forbid the Yanks make some some crazy acquisition or trade or whatever. Uh, in the next week or so, we'll, we'll do an emergency pod on that. Uh, but for Andrew and G and Nick, this has been the Bronx Bomber Babble Podcast. We'll catch you all next time.